Do the show, bitch. Welcome to Ben and Woods. Try to say this nicely. When you look at Ben, Paul, and me, it doesn't scream athlete. I know you fat bastards want to eat some of this. With Ben Higgins. Go to hell, pro sports. Stephen Woods. <laughs> that was incredible. And Paul Rindo. All right. Get ready, tier ones. Oh. It's Ben and Woods. Finally the chance for somebody to get on and do some good sports talk radio. On 97.3 The Fan. Do the show, bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. It's my favorite thing on Twitter every Friday. Who's that guy, Daniel Craig? They tweeted out. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. <laughs> you seen that ever, Ben? Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live. He introduces the musical guest, yeah. The Weekend. <laughs> People always tweet it out on Friday. It kills me. kills me every single time. It's a joke that always lands with me. I like the random celebrities yes. introducing random it's bands. The best. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. The weekend. <laughs> Fantastic. Good morning, everybody. Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Today is the uh, third day of February, and uh, we are here. It is Friday. Looking forward to uh, a very, very busy weekend. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindel. He's our executive producer. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Good to have you here. Benjamin Higgins, your friendly neighborhood, bespectacled sports reporter, sports anchor, also joins us, looking very sharp today. Thank you. My uh, my friend said, is it possible to look both older and younger at the same time? I think it is. And I think, I think my glasses have somehow pulled that off. They've given me both kind of this new youthful sort of look and at the same time made me look a little more uh, older and wiser. Distinguished. Yeah, yeah, distinguished, but also a fresh look. Like, wow, that's new. That's... Something that's a change. It is, yeah. Look, they 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 look good. They're really they've really grown on me. You you look sharp. They look good with a hat too. I thought so too. Yeah. It's the first time I've worn them with a hat. We are all bespectacled uh, in here this morning. My readers, on Paulie's got his glasses on, and uh, yeah, just three chubby nerds, uh, twelve eyes, ready to yeah, ready to talk <laughs> uh, talk some sports or lack thereof uh, today here on Ben and Woods. It's good to be here with you guys. Uh, like I said, busy busy weekend. We've all got a. Bunch of stuff going on. Um, really bummed, though, man. My, my folks were supposed to get here yesterday, and uh, they got iced in in Dallas. Dallas, here in Dallas, it's very icy. It's very cold. They're going to miss Bo's fifth birthday party. Uh, they're pretty much beside themselves uh, at this point. But, you know, listen, it is what it is. You can't get out. What, what are you going to do? You rent an RV and drive the 28 hours uh, from Dallas-Fort Worth out here? It's not. I'm not going to say it's not worth it, but... Let's be honest. It's not worth it. It's a fi- it's a five year old birthday party and a seals game. And uh, listen, life goes on. They'll be fine. They're going to come out and 
uh, once it, it gets a little bit nicer. But, yeah, man, I was looking forward to seeing them this weekend. Haven't seen them since Christmas. And, uh, it, you know, Bo was, you know, little kids are. He's like, oh, they can't come? Uh, I was like, no, it's really bad weather. They're iced in. They can't fly. He goes, okay. I mean, it's they're f- he's five. You know, that's just how little kids roll. So. Somehow grandparents will have a way of spoiling him later to make it up. Oh, they always do. They always do. My my mom is are sending probably more presents than they would have brought uh, with them. So his birthday is actually on Monday, but we've got a full weekend of, of activities planned. Um, now, we got to work. We're working Fan Fest tomorrow uh, out at, at Petco Park, and we're going to be broadcasting from 1 to 3. And I was thinking about, <laughs> thinking about this morning. It jogged my memory. One of our, uh, our Twitter follows, Zach, posted a picture from – the 2015 Fan Fest, and I think he's with Matt Kemp and somebody else, and his face is just very deadpan, like, like just not super excited. And he's like, man, I was excited, but if I had known what was to come with this team, I don't know. He's like, it was just a weird thing. And I thought about my very first Padres Fan Fest, and it was in 2010, and I was sent out. I told you guys the story on Wednesday when LOB was in. Told you the story about how I was the man on the street. Right. So I was tasked with going to FanFest and getting audio from people, players if possible. So I, I've always been a baseball fan. You knew that. I, I moved here, and I was like, all right. I'm, I went out there solo. Didn't know a whole lot of people. And uh, ran into Jerry Hairston. And I... Not was, Scott. Not Scott. It was Jerry Harrison. Because right, Scott played for the Padres 2007 to 2009, and then Jerry played in the 10. team for the 2010 season. Well, now hold on. I think. So whichever one, it could have been, I can't remember which Harrison it was. It could have been Scott, but I think it was Jerry. Okay. I'm like 90% sure it was Jerry. No, no one knew him. He was just kind of walking around, but I knew him, and I'd seen him play before. And so it was I, probably Jerry, because Scott should have been... Somewhat on his way. known, having been with the Padres yeah. the previous few seasons, but Jerry would have been brand new. Brand new. And, yeah. So it was one of the Hairston brothers, and uh, and I, I go, hey, you got uh, time for a quick interview? And he's like, yeah. So I, my very first sports it's never interview. A, it's funny, you know, it, you always want to hear that from an athlete when you say, hey, you got time for an interview? Yeah, yeah. But when they're so eager, <laughs> it's also a sign that it's probably not going to be the. I mean, it's probably not going to be the biggest get of your career. You didn't have to work for it. You didn't have to go through seven layers. Yeah, of but at that point, PR to get it that, or anything. At that point, yeah, I didn't yeah. know how the system worked. No, I had yeah. no idea. All I know is I saw a big leaguer, and I was going to get audio of him, right. and I was going to play it on my show. It's like on Super Bowl Media Day, going and finding the player who's standing off by himself. By himself, no one's talking to. Yeah, can we talk? Who, who are you again? See, I had, I'm the third string left guard, and I had no idea. I had no idea how any of the the <laughs> credentials or any of that worked. So I was just I randomly spotted him, and I remember interviewing him for a couple of minutes on this. You know, the handheld recorders, and it's got a mic attached. And uh, yeah, I'd never hit record, so. Oh. That was cool. Well done. Ah, my first. Well done. First. So we don't have the audio. No, I was so the ex- Woods interview with Jerry Hairston Jr. Nobody had the audio. It didn't. It didn't exist. <laughs> it exists in my head only. You can try to recreate it for us, but that's it. So the the thing in it, uh, the the recorder has the little SIM card. So I get what I think. I'm like, this is Mikey's going to be so happy with me. I went out. I got a player. That's pretty cool. 
get back home, load it in the card reader, load it in the MacBook, pull up the audio. There's nothing. I got nothing. I mean, I basically just <laughs> a giant, giant waste of time. I never hit record. I never got the interview. And uh, that was my... My first Fan Fest memory. Hopefully this one goes much better. I have a, a gut feeling that it will. Looking forward to seeing you guys out there as well. Uh, we're going to have some fun. We're going to be there. I'm going to be, I got a haul ass from San Marcos down there, park. Uh, it's Bo's birthday party tomorrow at Jump Zone or Jump, whatever it's called. I, I don't even know what it's called. But the trampoline park. It's going to do that. Haul ass down to Petco. Do that broadcast. Haul ass back home to Encinitas. Jump in the shower. Change. Then back down to Pachanga Arena for the Seals uh, Panther City game tomorrow night. We'd love to see you guys at uh, both. Love to see you at FanFest. Come out and support the Seals as well. Uh, I've only lost once. The team's been great. It's been so much fun to watch. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a very, very busy weekend. And then Hannah hits me with the, should we take the kids to a museum or something on Sunday? I'm like, Sunday's the day of rest. The Lord said it. You guys know how dedicated I am to Scripture. The Lord said on Sunday, you rest. She's not one for resting, my wife. So I feel like I'm going to end up at a museum This is on an opportunity Sunday. to expand your kids' horizons. Add some Absolute, culture absolutely. to their lives. Absolutely. And all you want to do is rest. Sit around. It's I, not like it's Super Bowl Sunday or anything. That's true. You're not, you're not missing anything this Sunday. It would be the perfect day for you to go out and take your kids and broaden their horizons. You're absolutely right. You're not wrong uh, in the slightest, but I have a feeling I'm going to be a little bit shot uh, on Sunday. But listen, it's his birthday. Whatever he wants, we'll make it happen. So uh, very excited about the uh, the upcoming weekend. What do you guys have planned? Paula, you've got the soccers tonight. Yep. Be down at Pachanga Arena tonight, 735. Star Wars night. Star Wars night. Going to have some fun. So, uh, yeah, we'll head down there later tonight. And be hanging out. Come say hi. Please do. And you have to get some audio tonight. I get to pull some audio tonight. Make sure you hit record. Okay. Good to know. It's I will, uh, uh, a, a lesson from me to you. I'll make sure to do the one thing <laughs> that you need to do to record audio. Hit record. Yeah. It's very, it's a very it, important It's, it's step. easier now to miss it, though, because now you have to hit it, and maybe there's a little light, or maybe there's yeah. you see the numbers moving on a tiny little screen. Back in the day when we had you know big cassette recorders, and you'd have to hit record and play at the same time, and they'd hold down, and then you'd see the... <laughs> The wheels spinning, they'd make kind of a noise. Like, oh, Jerry, do you have squeak, time for a quick hit of you Squeak, 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 <laughs> as they kind of turned and it, it started recording. It was very hard to not hit record and play. Padres acquire Matt Kemp. Read all about it. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. Extra, extra. <laughs> Take oh that cassette God. tape, you'd, you'd rewind it, you'd load it into the machine, and then you'd... Put it onto yeah. another tape player that this, you use for the radio, a cart. This new like an eight track. This newfangled digital age that we're in <laughs> is very, very confusing for boomers <laughs> like me. So, uh, listen, I just a just fair warning uh, tomorrow at FanFest. I there's a good chance that you're not going to, as a fan, be able to just cruise right up to a table and get your favorite player's autograph. I I just I. I haven't heard anything. Probably sounds like it's going to be like think of an absolutely jam packed summer Saturday at Disneyland. Like, right? Hey, pick one or two rides. 
You're going to wait that in a long line. That's exactly and right, And you'll get man. one or two rides in, and then we'll and just kind of see what happens after that. And I know the Padres are probably anxiety-ridden about it. I am anxiety-ridden about it, but I don't have to pull this thing off. But it's there's going to be a little bit of disappointment. I think it's good to let you know that now. Paul, probably. you guys just stole my thunder. That's That was my entire segment of getting you ready for FanFest right there. Moderate your expectations. You have to. Yeah. You have to moderate your expectations. You have to you have to adapt a little bit. Um, spring training is always a great place to get autographs and things like that uh, behind the scenes. And I just I just I, I fear if I'm Eric Grubner, I'm going private today. I'm protecting my tweets. I'm shutting it down. Is there anyone who really can't grasp the concept that if there are tens and tens and tens of thousands of people all there to see? 20 guys, you know, and get pictures and stuff that it's going to be impossible for everyone to have, like, personal time with every single player. The short answer to your question is yes. You don't get to have a 20-minute conversation with Manny Machado and then go on to the next person. (laughs) They'd be there, well, really, until the end of the season, if that was the case. You know, know it's kind of like the, hey, I can't find, I had to park two miles away, WTF, and if you're the Padres, like, I mean, we we gave you guys free parking. I don't know what else you want us to do. Yeah. We can't make downtown smaller or turn, you know. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's not my circus, so (laughs) I'm going to walk in, I'm going to do my two hours broadcast, and I'm going to shake your hand, I will give you a hug, uh, whatever you want, I'm there for you. Uh, I know it's not the same as as meeting Manny Machado, certainly, but I, I will give you. I'll dap you up. I'll give you a hug. I'll take a picture with you. Whatever you want, I'm there for you tomorrow for two hours. Uh, but I, I'm I'm anxiety ridden for <laughs> for them because it's it's going to look like Coachella in in that thing if even half the people that uh, acquire tickets show up. So again, I got accused again of telling people how to fan yesterday. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just telling you to be cool because it's going to be a bit of an S show. I would imagine it would be an S show. Looks like the uh, the weather's going to be nice, sunny and 66. The forecast tomorrow in San Diego. I'm wearing shorts today. Kind of going to be a nice day, but I wanted to give a shout-out to Tier 1. Alvaro Castillo uh, used to work in the news business here in San Diego, now at Channel 10 in Boston. He tweeted us this morning, Woods, and said, please don't mention how, quote, Cold it is in San Diego today. I beg of all you out here telling folks you can develop frostbite in five minutes, yet we're live on air standing outside for more than five minutes. And he showed us the, uh, so it's 19 degrees in Boston right now. The low is going to be negative eight. And it's actually going to get colder as the day goes on. It's windy, so it's supposed to be 18 at 9 a.m., 16 at 10, 15 at 11, 14 at noon. And then tomorrow, the high is 17 and the low is negative 11 in Boston. So Fan Fest at Fenway Park, if it's tomorrow, is going to be very unpleasant. I feel like they've already done there. So I would hope sure. they do it inside if they're going to do yeah. something like that. So remember and appreciate what we do have here, that even in February, 66 and sunny this weekend in San Diego. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm if I'm, if I'm group dog, man, I'm shutting the phone down this weekend because that guy's going to get blown up. He is just going to get blown up with texts. And uh, listen, I, I know they're going to try to accommodate you as best they can. 
I can't even imagine an undertaking like this. I just can't. I mean, I, I'm a little freaked out about where I'm going to park and, and run into uh, the ballpark to, to, to do our broadcast, but uh, I'm excited. It's not going to curtail my excitement at all just to be there and be amongst uh, all the Padre fans out there and a bunch of our listeners as well. So it's a special day. It's going to be fun. Let's have fun with it. How about that? All right. We will uh, come back. Last Daily Ditty of the week. The theme, Super Bowl halftime performers, continues. Uh, and then uh, some So Sports. And then at the bottom of the hour, A.J. Preller has uh, emerged from his off-season hidey hole uh, with some uh, comments with Buster only on a podcast that we've brought out. And uh, he talks about uh, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, some other topics. So uh, we'll get to that coming up at the bottom of the hour. And then all of our regular features, including Craig Elston stopping by at 735 with his Crossing Streams recommendations. And, of course, big Star Wars night, as uh, we mentioned, at the Soccer's game tonight. Polly going to be there. Coldplay tickets to give away. It's all on a Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend is almost here. The weekend. Let's get uh, let's get a check of traffic and get things started here with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. Such a great song. So good. Just let it play. I saw some uh, poll the other day. What's your favorite Rolling Stone song? Excluding Gimme Shelter. Because, I mean, that's probably that's probably everybody. Definitely my favorite. My pick today. I was stunned that we hadn't ever used it. Shocking. In, in multiple years of Daily Ditties now. Yeah. Also, uh, you probably remember, of course, the Rolling Stones halftime show. Uh, they played this, if I remember correctly. Do you remember, though, that it took place in Detroit, Michigan? They actually had a Super Bowl in Detroit at Ford Field, kind of a reward for building the new stadium. Yep. 
a little one-off Super Bowl. I don't think that they're planning to go back to Detroit anytime soon for the Super Bowl. But they were there February 5th, 2006, when the Rolling Stones played halftime. Who played the, the game? Super Bowl. I remember it fondly. My uh, beloved Seahawks, yep. 15-year-old Steelers, Paul, Seahawks. absolutely just in the torture chamber <laughs> as every single play for positive yardage for Seattle got called back by a penalty. penalty. <laughs> I mean, we got complete. It was um, it was Pittsburgh versus Seattle. It's Jerome Bettis' final game. Everybody, see, it seemed like at least from fifteen-year-old Paul's perspective, everybody in America wanted to see the bus drive off into the sunset. Love the bus. You know, I love the bus. F the bus. ND, yeah. baby. You were going for uh, what? Matt Hasselbeck and Sean, Sean Alexander. Alexander. Yeah. Wow. Mike Holmgren. Yeah. Pre uh, um, Green Bay, Mike Holmgren. Bus won it. The they won. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like. like 2111 God, I love that guy. I love watching well, that was him play. Post Green Bay Mike Holmgren. He, yeah. he went from the Packers to the to Seahawks. Seattle. Then, yeah. And uh like years later, like two or three, four years later, uh the head referee from that officiating crew like did a podcast or something. He goes, "We uh we messed that one up." Wow. I, Bill Levy. I think about it all the time and we're like, "I don't want to hear that now." Cool, man. I don't want to hear that. Thanks for telling that. me. <laughs> I don't, that doesn't make it better. No, makes it, maybe makes it worse. It, it does make it worse because you can have you can live the rest of your life with your suspicions, and then once your we're suspicions just, oh, we're are just bitter losers, yeah, then your then your suspicions are confirmed. Well, it's You're part like, of the this sucks. It's part of the script. Yeah, the, the script. game. The, right. the, the referee is going to mess things up. I'm sure the referee hated seeing that in the script. Oh, I I'm going to wear this. Man. I have to mess up this just this call and the script jokes. Seahawks fans are going to hate me forever. The script jokes on Twitter are <laughs> driving me from the platform. They're driving me from the platform. Just like the Margot Robbie jokes last week were driving me from the platform. So what was I saw a little bit of that deal that someone made a joke that Margot Robbie was marrying a dating somebody and a then, baseball player somewhat anonymously and yeah. then every other anonymous baseball player is now dating Margot Robbie. We can't just let a good thing just be good. We beat it into the ground. Yeah. And then beat it into the ground again. It's like if we played carving guy every day. We do play carving guy <laughs> every day. No, the whole segment. Hi, how are you? The drop's fine. <laughs> And actually, I think that's one that rises above the level of I. You could I could never get sick of those drops. All right, <laughs> ever. I mean, did you catch a game last night? Did you catch a game last night? I didn't. I didn't catch any games last night. There was nothing on that I wanted to watch. I saw a game last night. What game did you watch? Well, first we need the intro. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. Intro. So. Sports. Did you catch a game last night? You know, my uh, my son has decided randomly kind of to become a Clippers fan. Okay. And so we were watching the uh, the end of the Clippers game. They Boy, had, and you're a Laker fan. I am, but why I, do sons I do like that? to follow the Clippers. <laughs> I don't mind. I, I actually want the Clippers to do well. They have Kawhi Leonard on the team. They were uh, taking on the Milwaukee Bucks on the road. Giannis up 21 at the end of the third quarter, cruising, and somehow found a way to lose the game. And here's, uh, here's what happened. Giannis scored like 20 of his 54 in the fourth quarter. His third 50-point game this year. And by this year, I don't mean this season. I mean, since the calendar changed to 2023, Giannis has three 50-point games. The Clippers got to 105 points with about four minutes left in the game. All they needed was two more at some point, and that would have been enough to win. They didn't score in the last four minutes of the game. And Milwaukee came back from 21 down to beat them 106-105. Had to be one of the more crushing defeats 
for the Los Angeles Clippers in a while, taking a great road win and turning into a a fairly horrific loss yesterday at Milwaukee. Did now did your son become a, a Clippers fan to spite you? Because sons do that. I don't. That doesn't seem like his style. Jack? I think yeah, Jack. I think it's more. He likes the players. He likes the players, and I think it was more like he doesn't want to be a Lakers fan necessarily. Yeah. And the Clippers are on TV here regularly. You can watch them on Bally Sports. So it was a, a good secondary option. But not really like to make me mad. I don't hate the Clippers. That's the thing. If, you know, if like I was a Padres fan and you pick the Dodgers yeah. just, you know, just because they're rivals, I don't get that sense from the Clippers. They've never, they've never really been good enough over the years to be a major rival to the Lakers. And I still cheer for them. I would love to see the Clippers do well. Uh, especially on a year like this when the Lakers aren't doing well, so I'm happy cheering for them as well. Yeah, it, kids, kids do do that. Sons do that yeah, to no, their that's fathers. True. It's you know, my I fully expect Bo when he's 12 to go to a USC game with a friend and be like, "I like the Trojans now, Dad," and I'm going to be like, "Well, I mean, you're excommunicated from the family. I don't know what I'm going to tell you. Like, you can't live here anymore. I know that you're 12. I know that you don't have anywhere to go, but you can't live in this house, right? Like that's not." Kids do that. I think they just do it to be little jerks. It all happens all the time. It does. It happens all the time. So anyway, well, I I did not see any uh, basketball. The Lakers had the exact opposite story. They were down fourteen and they rallied to win by one, one twelve, one eleven at the Indiana Pacers. So not a load management night in the no, NBA. No, LeBron then. scored twenty six. He is now sixty three points away from breaking Kareem Abdul Jabbar's all time scoring record That's of thirty eight thousand three eighty seven. The question now is. When is it going to happen? So, I mean, technically, sixty-three points doesn't happen often. But you could you could get all of them in one game. You could more than likely not. But they play tomorrow at the New Orleans Pelicans on the road, and then they've got two home games next week. Tuesday, I can, on TNT against Oklahoma City. I can say with one thousand percent certainty, it shan't be happening in New Orleans. No, no, so if I you have so. tickets and you're in New Orleans. <laughs> I, you can get your so, hopes up. I think, it ain't happening. I think that it doesn't mean he won't play. Oh no, no he might play. No, he'll, he'll chip wanna, in thirty. He'll want to chip in. He'll want to like knock out like twenty. Yeah, he'll want to knock get it close enough to make sure that he gets it at home this week. Tw- How so, many is he short? He's sixty-three right. short. 20, 20, 23. <laughs> Yeah, Call I mean, it a he's day. been averaging like thirty okay. a game lately. So thirty, thirty-three, thirty-four gets but, it done. So it'll either happen probably late in the game against Oklahoma City on Tuesday if he scores. You know, has two big games. It'll happen like the fourth quarter. Or it'll probably happen fairly early in the game on Thursday against the Milwaukee Bucks. Of course, this is all assuming health and no injuries or anything like that over the next couple of games. But uh, they're both nationally televised on TNT. They're not dumb. They know what's happening. And uh, one of those two games almost certainly will see LeBron break the all-time scoring record. I mean, imagine having tickets for that first home game, and you're just like... Depending on what he does in New Orleans. You're like, like, I need 40 tomorrow in New Orleans. Oh, my God. I mean, if if you could... like work it out where it's like a game-winning shot at the end of the game against Oklahoma City. Like he's he's two away. The Lakers are down one. There's ten seconds left on the clock. Will LeBron do it? Will the Lakers win? Or even worse, he scores thirty tomorrow. He's thirty-three away. That first game back at uh, 
in LA and he's got 31 and misses a game when he misses shots one. Uh, like right at the end like son of, like 31 so a good game he breaks it 15 seconds into, into the, the next game they got to shut got it tickets, down you're at that game you're like oh my god here we go and you're like son of I also a- saw someone suggest that he's going to try to do it on a sky hook as a tribute Ooh. to Kareem to see if he can now uh, if that's not really his shot <laughs> no so he can go over seven just keep throwing up skyhooks and someone <laughs> goes so stupid dude <laughs> it's like a left-handed hitter you know it would be like if Bonds to break Henry Aaron's record was like I'm gonna try and get this last one right handed in honor of, of the great hammer and Hanks <laughs> who was the hitter he who hit a left hit who came up he hit left-handed against a position player and hit a home run last year he was a righty. I believe. Oh and yeah, came up. Who and was that? Swung left-handed and hit a home run. Someone did it last Someone year. Someone yacked I, one. I can't remember who it was. That I can't was very either. Cool. I can't either. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's take a time out. When we Counts. come back, AJ Preller, some audio for you from a Buster Only podcast. Uh, asked about contract discussions with Manny Machado and Juan Soto. Whether an extension could be in the works this season. Hear what he had to say. Coming up with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, ninety-seven-three, The Fan. Game last night. You know, I was uh, right. I was looking at the schedule for Fan Fest, and Bob Melvin will be there. Uh, pretty much every Padres star player you can imagine. I didn't see anything about AJ Preller stopping by. Nor did I. You think he's uh, he's just not in into the Fan Fest thing? He's got some scouting. He'll be out of town doing some working game or something at the Caribbean series or something. Uh, I don't. Presume to speak for AJ Preller and his schedule, but I morning, would. Guys. Hey, good morning, AJ. Uh, I would imagine that he is probably doing something baseball related. Well, maybe he'll just be watching from above, just trying to take in the whole thing. Like I don't think he's going to be at home playing Call of Duty if that's no, what, like, no, I relaxing don't on a Saturday. I don't, I don't either. Think but I also so. can't totally picture AJ just. Sitting down at a table, signing autographs, and taking pictures with people all day. He's pretty good about it, actually. Uh, he's been out to a couple of, seen a lot of uh, pictures with fans out at uh, Lake Elsinore games. He'll go out to watch some guys, and he's kind of always in the mix. I, he's not the he's not the GM that really hides in his office, and you don't see. No, him. I mean he's always always, he's always around. Yeah, yeah. He uh, yeah, he's always out. Uh, he's at games, minor league games. He's getting drunk with Ryan Cohen, you know. Like I don't think he's that. I, I think he likes. Uh, hanging with the fans and stuff. So I, I haven't seen him out there either. But you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if he's uh, lurking around. And he, you always know that he's working probably harder than he should be working. 
He's always out there yeah. putting in incredibly insane hours to try to make the Padres better. So uh, you know he's doing that. He did a podcast uh, with Buster Olney uh, this week, and we've got some audio for you. We'll get to that right after this check of traffic on 97.3 The Fam. Now, if I understand correctly, this is a fairly wide-ranging podcast uh, with Buster Olney. Baseball Tonight with Buster Olney on ESPN. A.J. Preller was one of the people he talked to, so it wasn't like a like a two-hour sit-down with A.J., but they did have a, a, a little bit of time together and got a few questions in. It's, a, so. it's like an hour, 20 podcast. Yeah. He was on, A.J. was on for about 15, 16 part, minutes. Part, part of the time. So we did get a few of those uh, bites out of A.J. and a couple of the questions from Buster Only. I thought we could go through this morning. Uh, first up, uh, Buster Only asking A.J. about his starting rotation depth and also specifically the addition of Seth Lugo and his role with the Padres. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, honestly, like a team effort, you know, he had, he had the opportunity to talk with Ruben Niebla, um, you know, talk, talk with, you know, with, with Bob Melvin, talk with our scout, with, you know, some of our scouting group, start some of our, our analytics team, just kind of talking again about like how we, we feel like, um, you know, this is something that, that we're intrigued by. It's a, it's a good delivery. He's a strike thrower. He's got the breaking ball. Uh, he's done it at times in New York. If it's better for the team down the road, he could slide back to the pen. But um, you know, we've we've committed that you know early in the season. Let's let's give him an opportunity, and uh, he wants that. And you know, at the end of the day, he he really just wants to win, and he's going to do what's right for the club. And uh, hopefully, it's in the starting role for us. All right. How uh, much so uh, you know day to day as you move forward through spring training, will we your focus gonna... be on adding depth in that area of the Sorry. team? Yeah, I think it's always an emphasis. You know, in 21, we felt like we had a lot of depth. You know, last year we were able to add Manaya before the season started for that purpose. You know, Mackenzie Gore stepped up. You know, you, you look at the teams that that younger guy potentially they could step up. You know, and that's, that's what we're going to look at this year. You know, we, we have, again, like giving Seth a chance. And then, you know, looking at guys like Ryan Weathers and Jason Groom and Adrian Morey-Hone and then Julio Tehran potentially bouncing back. We'll have some good competition from that area. And, you know, we're going to need some guys probably internal. And you know, give give those guys a chance, and we'll get into the season and make sure we have enough starting pitching going forward. Can I talk now? Is it okay? Am I, I came good? In like a All right, so wrecking um, ball podcast. I came in like the wrecking ball. All right, so uh, it sounds like it sounds like Seth Lugo has been made. Some promises have been made. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I was going the way that it sounds like Seth Lugo has been forewarned that if you don't hack it or the other way you can look at it is Seth Lugo has said whatever you need me to do I will do now we need the innings in the in the starters role that's what we need um don't know really what to expect out of the the fourth and fifth starters for the San Diego Padres this year but and again, Seth Lugo is not a guy that's thrown a, a ton of innings as a starting pitcher. So you got to imagine, knowing how the Padres and really every Major League Baseball team operates, Ben, they're going to be careful with him. I, I understand that, but we've kind of heard now about both Nick Martinez and now Seth Lugo that a commitment has been made, at least at the beginning of the season, that those guys are going to be in a starting rotation. Now, that doesn't mean that there's no competition at all, even though... You can pretty much now write in five starters for the Padres. Given, yes. given health, we now know. You Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, Nick Martinez, and Seth Lugo are five starting pitchers for the San Diego Padres. They're Correct. not they're not going into spring training going, well, maybe Seth Lugo's a starter, maybe he's a reliever. At some point in the season that could happen, but at the beginning of the season, the Padres have committed to those five in a starting rotation. Now, 
They've also talked about a six-man rotation. So my guess is players like Julio Tehran and, as AJ called him, Jason Groom, which is, by the way, his legal name, Jason Joseph Groom. I've never heard him called Jason. Jay Groom is what we've kind of become accustomed to hearing him called by, but uh, I guess his name is Jason Groom. That maybe those guys could be the sixth starter if they impress in camp and Bob Melvin decides to go that direction. But if it's a five-man rotation, you can pretty much write it in now, at least for the start of the season, who those five guys are for the Padres. Yeah, I agree. I uh, Do you think... Now, one thing that'll be interesting to watch, you know that uh, Bob Melvin was a little bit reluctant to do the six-man rotation last year. When did they actually start employing it? I don't recall. I don't think it took super long, right? I mean, I, I think they did it right off the bat last year, didn't they? I don't. Th- I don't think so. I think remember because he was a bit reticent to do it, and then I think they just. I, th- I felt like it was kind of eased in. Um, and I, that's just one of the things I wanted to watch this year uh, to see when when they employ. But that. last year it was a function of coming out of the lockout. That's that it. Point. Wouldn't have been my not my first choice, but coming out of the lockout, we need good to, point because they weren't able to get ramped up with yes, their guys we and need all that to really protect these arms, especially early in point. the season. And then he started liking it, and they used it a little more frequently or with more regularity. And now he's considering it doing doing more of it this season in twenty twenty three. You just you got to have the bodies, though. Yes. You have to have the bodies. I mean, you just have to have the, the innings. You have to have those innings covered. You have to have the arms uh, able to do it. Now, there is some depth, and, and A.J. just mentioned that depth. So um, we'll all be interesting storylines to watch in spring training. All right, more with A.J. Preller and Buster Olney. Uh, next up, talking about Manny Machado's opt-out situation here in 2023. Yeah, I mean, I think with Manning, again, like um, we've had, you know, again, like, I think the, the conversation has been mainly that, you know, we'll 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 look at this here in the next uh, in the next couple couple weeks and, you know, uh, and months going into the season. And Manny knows what we think about him. He's been a huge part of obviously what we've done here. Um, you know, his signing, you know, four years ago, uh, kind of spearheading the team back into the playoffs a couple of times here in the last few years. He's, you know, coming off another MVP-type season. We want him here with the Padres. We want him here a long time. But he's under contract, so it's more of Manny's decision, honestly, you know, kind of how this plays out with the opt-out at the end of the season. So I think what we've tried to do is just make it known that, you know, we, we, we value and appreciate him. We're going to listen to what he wants to say, and then we'll kind of figure out what's best for everybody here going forward with the idea that we want Manny here. Yeah, no, not not really any new no. information. Uh, nothing you can really even glean from that. He did kind of put the ball in Manny's court. Manny has every right available to him to say, "Guys, I you know once we hit uh, opening day, I don't want to talk about buying out this opt out. I don't want to talk about an extension. I don't know that Manny's that way." Um, you can't force contract negotiations no. <laughs> that are unwanted upon yeah, someone. Exactly right. You just can't. Yeah, and and he has every right to go. You know, I'm going to kick back and go out and dominate, try to win a World Series this year, and then let's see what happens. He has every right to do that. Now he has every right as well to say, guys, you know, I want to be here. You want me here? Then buy me out and give me a couple more years and let's go. So. Nothing would make me happier, Ben, to get that knocked out first day of spring training. Nothing. But remember, Peter Seidler has been on record saying, you know, Manny Machado, it's his goal to have him in a Padres uniform for the rest of his career. Not, It's weird. He it, hasn't minced any words on that. It would be, uh, and I know Manny's only been here four years, but it would be very weird 
to picture him going somewhere else after this season. You know, uh, it would just be very, very strange and tough to probably tough to stomach uh, seeing another third baseman out there. Meanwhile, Padres still with two years of control over Juan Soto, but of course he is also approaching free agency and only asked AJ about potential extension talks with Juan Soto. Yeah, I think with Juan, what, we, what we've talked about again, when we made the deal, we made the deal knowing we had you know three years with Juan, two and a half years, three pennant races. That's a lot of baseball. It's a lot of time, um, you know. But but again, like we obviously, you know, made a big trade, and I think we're going to explore everything we can to see, you know, what his appetite is to stay here in San Diego. You know, pretty clear with Scott, like that. Hey, we want to make sure we we, we round out the top. You know, we, we we look at addressing our current club and our current team. And, you know, when we get into this time of year, after the new year, we're going to start having these conversations and, and into spring training. Um, you know, it's not going to be something that we talk about really into the season, I don't feel like, but it'll be something here in the next couple of weeks. And again, similar to Mandy, we'll kind of see where it's at. It's a little different situation because obviously Juan, you know, is, 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 is with us under club, under club control for the next couple of years. But we'll examine it, see what's out there. And, you know, again, make, making that deal, you make deals for guys like that. And, you know, with the concept of let's see if we can uh, if we can make him a Padre for a long time, and you know we'll we'll have some more conversations here going forward in the next in the next few weeks. He obviously is a generational talent, especially when it comes to controlling the strike zone. What did you see in him the last two months of the regular season, and what do you make of uh, how he performed uh, in that time? Yeah, I think he'll he'll be the first to tell you. I mean, I, we sat down really like you know after the season and just you know with a lot of our players, but just sit down and kind of get their take on the year, get their take on things that went well and some things that that we can help them with, uh, you know, make their experience better and, and get them you know to to perform at the highest level. And Juan was very honest. He said, you know, the deal is it was a big trade. It was a big you know obviously a big story in baseball this year, and it's the first time he'd gone through that. And I think we saw it with with both Hater, you know, with both Josh and Juan. They're they're two of the best in the game and what they do. They're two alien type players and performers. And I think it was a new experience. And I think it, it uh, I think with Juan, the, the biggest thing that, that we saw was, you know, I think the, the best, the best guys ultimately is when they're not quite feeling their best and they're not at their best and they're still impactful. That's what we saw with Juan. So, I mean, he still got on base at a 400 clip with us, um, you know, or close, close to that, but, you know, even though he, he admittedly wasn't like, hey, the Juan Soto we've seen in, in Washington for the last four years and, you know, performing quite that level, you know, when you see guys when they're not quite at their best to do that, um, I think that just speaks to the level of talent he is and the type of player he is. Yeah, you had said years ago, Ben, and I'll never forget it, um, Fernando Tatis Jr. was one of those guys that is slump-proof. Now, you can you can be in a slump where you're not getting base hits and you're not impacting the game. I think Juan is that guy as well. Like, even though he wasn't hitting the ball out of the ballpark, he wasn't hitting the ball in the gaps like he usually did, he was still getting on base at a, a, a pretty remarkable clip. Fernando was able to impact the game back then. Um, yeah, because there's pitches that you can get Fernando Tatis Jr. out with. We've seen him flail at the down-and-away slider enough to know you can get that guy um, when he's feeling very aggressive up there. You can get him, but he's also going to make a play out in the outfield or in the infield at the time that will change the game, make a play with his legs, make a play with his arm. Juan Soto was the same way. He has a, the, the best eye in baseball. That dude was still getting on base, moving guys over. You think about a guy like Will Myers, not to knock Will Myers. When Will Myers went in a slump, he was in a slump. He was, I don't want to say worthless because he's a human being, but he was worthless to the value of the team. Those guys, guys like that, they don't slump. Yeah, slump. I mean, you know, sometimes you're more locked in and sometimes you're less locked in, but players like Tatis and Soto 
find ways to contribute and add value, even when they're not completely locked in at the plate. Jake Cronenworth is another one yeah, of those guys yeah. where Jake can get can, – Manny, I mean, we have a bunch of those guys where it's like, hey, man, the the days of – of you know going zero for four with four Ks and you know not being involved defensively, those are gone. We've got players that that are able to kind of rise above that. All guests on Ben and Woods appear on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet find new roads. We got a couple of more bites uh, from AJ. One about Fernando Tatis Jr. One about Nelson Cruz to still get to play some tech, uh, take on Woods coming up as well. All next on ninety seven three the fan.